Hey, this is Tug Coker from The Long Finish. And I just want to take one second to say, if you have an opportunity to go over to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to the show, that would mean so much to Catherine and myself. We love to expand the reach of the show, and we love to hear from you all. So we really appreciate that. And thank you to everyone that has done that so far. Keep the reviews, the ratings, and the subscriptions coming. We've got some great stuff in store. I'm particularly excited about this episode that we have, episode number 33. And you'll find out why it's near and dear to my heart. I hope you enjoy. So once again, if you have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, we'd really appreciate it. All right, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Thanks so much. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? <laughs> Good. How are you? A little extra long. Tonight. It was. It was yeah. a loud, long intro. Yeah. Because we have the window open, so I was like trying to cover a bus noise, maybe. <laughs> you guys hear that at we home? Do, we do. We have a quiet place. It's not. There's not a lot of street noise here. Especially right now. Right now is really quiet. You'd be surprised we're in the middle of a city. I mean, it is pretty quiet here. The past two months has been if you needed to go somewhere for an essential item, it's a pleasure to drive. Oh, you can do it quickly. You can go 13 miles in probably 20 minutes, unlike before where it took an hour and a half. It's even beautiful for me because Esther's is probably a mile and a half from our house. Yeah. And you say you're coming home. Sometimes that mile and a half takes 15 minutes, but right now it takes about five, right? Yeah, or less. But it used to take longer. I mean, sometimes it would take 25 minutes even, Like, and you got to do parking, and now it takes four seconds to park. So excited, because when you say you're en route... You're really en route. Yeah. <laughs> you know, does everyone do that right? Like when they say they're en route, and they're, well, like, they're like just getting out of the shower. I know what your en route is. <laughs> What's my en route? That means like 25 minutes. <laughs> I'll leave in 25 minutes. You're like, I'm going to be about 10 minutes late. And that usually means 25 I mean, minutes late. I am notoriously late. It is abominable. Have you... So, I mean, real question. Do you calculate in your mind when I say something, you automatically know what that would be late, right? How does it how does it work in your brain? How does tug time work? In well, you know, it's funny. I used to do that all the time. I will go so far as to say when we were making appointments for wine appointments in France, oh, I no. <laughs> I lied to you and told you <laughs> oh, no. that they were different times than they actually were, so that we would be on time. And it worked. We were on time. Oh good. But <laughs> I don't normally do that. But I do normally like budget around your time. For some reason, since the pandemic, all my regular techniques have gone out the window. So I, for some reason, expect you to be on time now when you never have been. It's like, but we're in a pandemic, so just be on time. Right. (laughs) Well, and I will say this. I take advantage of our relationship because for other people not affiliated to our family, for meetings, etc., I try to be on time for, you know, entertainment meetings and things like that. So I, I, I then abuse it when it comes to... You take advantage of us. I do. I take advantage of you. It's absolutely yeah. rude. Well, HR in there. I know. 
let's get well, off this. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Long Finish, episode 33. I've been waiting for this one. This is the Larry Bird episode. The other people have worn 33 in the past who are great. Maybe some would say even greater. Probably is greater than Larry Bird. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar also wore 33. If you're watching The Last Dance, another all-time great Scottie Pippen wore 33. I believe Patrick Waugh of hockey goalie lore with the Canadiens and the Avalanche wore 33. And Tony Orsett, one of my favorite Dallas Cowboy players of all time, wore 33. But this is about Larry Bird. And we're going to do a fun little episode today. We're going to talk about a special moment in time where Catherine and I met with Larry Bird and we talked about wine. And so we're also going to drink a wine that is a wine that we think Larry would like. So Catherine, what is that wine tonight? Well, we are drinking a dry white wine from France, which is what his assistant said he liked. We're drinking La Belle Roche Bourgogne Blanc. Chardonnay 2017. This is Chardonnay from Burgundy, France, 2017. And we'll tell you why Larry would like this wine. And we like this wine a lot. This wine is delicious and very affordable. So we hope that you'll be able to find some and drink with us. But episode 33, it's all things Larry Bird. Larry Bird has a very special place in my life for a couple of reasons. My dad raised me to be a Boston Celtics fan. My dad was born in Boston, moved to Ohio, rooted for John Havlicek. And then John Havlicek played at Ohio State went to become a Boston Celtic and my grandparents moved back to Boston and I would visit and become giant Boston Celtics fan. Fast forward a few years and I'm lucky enough to work on a Broadway play. A very unusual Broadway play, should we say. Are we just going to shoo all the kids stuff tonight? We're just going to get right into it. Why not? We're going to talk about the kids and our family next week. This is about Larry Bird. They're fine, by the way. They're fine. They're good. <laughs> um, so in 2012, I went and did a Broadway show based on the life of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. And I was lucky enough to play Larry Bird. And it was this cool convergence of all the things that I've really ever loved, which is sports, basketball, and theater. And I got to do it on the Broadway stage and had an unbelievable experience. The show was not as successful as we had hoped, but I was an actor on Broadway, which I was able to fulfill a dream. I got to- A lead I was a lead on Broadway, which is super cool. I mean, I thought I should have gotten a Tony nomination. I'm just kidding. The Tony nominees that year, I still remember, were James Corden, who won, Frank Langella, Philip Seymour Hoffman, just a bunch of bums. Well, good company there. Very good company. No. And the director is my friend, Tommy Kale, whose next show was a little show called Hamilton. Such a pleasure to work with a guy that I care for deeply as a friend and happy for his success, and he's a Virginia boy. It was a magical moment in time. For all of us. Special moment in time. We got to speak to Larry, meet with Larry, talk to him on the phone. That'll be a story for another time. But we did visit him in Indianapolis after the show closed. And I called his assistant and I said, I'd love to come visit Larry with my fiance or girlfriend at the time, I guess. I was girlfriend. Yeah, you were your girlfriend. I uh, know what I was. <laughs> <laughs> and we said, can we bring him anything? Does he, does he like to drink anything? And she said, he likes to drink Miller Lights. And they will sip on a white wine during some of the games. I said, done. Great. We and, got it. And we were in Bloomington, right? You want to take mm-hmm. this? And, you know, we were visiting your family in Bloomington and you picked out some of the wines. You, do you remember any of those moments before, as we were driving up or beforehand? Well, sure. My grandmother, Bo Peep, who I've talked about before, and all my extended family is from, on my mom's side, is from Bloomington. So we were staying there easy. And we're used to buying wine there. A little bit different than buying wine in New York or in Los Angeles, but there's some great 
little markets there. And I used to really like to go to the Sahara Mart, which is a great little grocery that has like a lot of like kind of funky, hard to find stuff. And they had a great wine buyer there. So I'm like, I know we'll find some good stuff. I'm telling you, this is what we encourage our listeners to do. If you're going into a store where you don't know all the wines and you don't know the wine buyer there and there doesn't happen to be someone in the aisle helping you, you look for the importer. And so I remember that's what I did. I'm like, okay, he likes, for some reason, I remember it was like a French wine that he liked French white wine that was dry. So I'm looking at the importers and I see Kermit Lynch and I think, bingo, we'll do this. And this is dry and it's from Burgundy. So I think it was a wine from Macon, which is south of the Cote d'Or, which we're drinking wine from the Cote d'Or tonight. But anyway, same region. And we brought it to him. Now, we did not get to open it with him. So I do hope that he enjoyed it. But. Yes, we did not drink with him on that particular day. But we went into, I think, which was, it was called at the time the Conseco Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. It's where the Indiana Pacers play. And we went into his office. The office was in the basement of the Conseco Fieldhouse. We meet his assistant. And we walk in and we say hi to Larry. And uh, we'd met him at the opening. I talked to him on the phone, you know, a few times. And um, just a great guy. And what's funny about the wine story, and this is why it pertains to this particular show, is that we had a perfectly fun conversation talking about basketball, talking about the Broadway show, some details I'll tell people later. But what was very funny is that at one point during the conversation, he looks at the TV and I think CNBC was on. And he says, I don't have any windows in my office. And so it's, I just watch the TV at times. And my favorite story on CNBC is I watched the story of this woman who buys wines for Costco. And I said, Larry, that's what my girlfriend does. That's what Catherine does. She buys wines for restaurants. And like that was, it just opened up the conversation to a whole new level, right? It was. Well, you're going in to meet this hero of your whole life and you're always like comfortable and easy to talk to people but i could see like wow this is kind of big and he's very big i mean he's just a huge human yeah i mean mean, there's that like his hand like swallows your hand when you shake it yeah we'll show a picture of me standing next to him i'm six five and he's you look like a regular sized human in that picture size human (laughs) I do. You know, he's he's huge. And you imagine like how agile he was as a player. It's pretty incredible. But that was so fun because it really brought you into the conversation and you guys were talking about wine. And then we started talking about things he does for fun. Like he has a farm where he does karaoke and plays cornhole, cornhole competitions, cornhole and competitions. invites people from like old friends from all over to come stay at his place. And they have these parties and you could see he just had so much fun. And it was funny because the conversation really was, it started out being like, the the sort of run of the you know stock kind of like oh you're meeting me and I'm gonna tell you about me and I'm very you know generous that you're coming to visit and then it's like oh oh cool let's talk about something fun I am actually interested in what you do Catherine what is this about how do you decide on wine it's like it was so funny and Tug's like we got our in here I was like I'm really glad I brought Catherine like maybe (laughs) I should marry you Larry Larry Bird likes you so let's let's get hitched (laughs) and a year later we did 
That's right. You know, and I, I so basically Larry Bird got us married. Is that it? That's it. But he also had a, he also has a wine label. He does. Which is funny. And we he gave us two bottles of wine. We took a tour of Conseco and we came back and he had two bottles of wine for us and he was gone. And he had signed both of them for us. Unfortunately, well, we drank one of them just because we wanted to celebrate that moment. We drank it in Bloomington. With my grandma. The second one I still have. It's in my hand right now. The signature is faded to a big degree, unfortunately, but the wine is called Legends. And it's a Merlot from Napa County. And it's a 2004. And um, I don't know. Someday we'll drink it. Maybe we'll never drink it. But, you know, it's it's very funny what unlocks people's personalities. And it happened to be the idea that this woman from Costco buying wines really fascinated Larry Bird. And that led to a conversation with you. And it's like a, a nice button on a, an unbelievably cool moment in my life and, and your life. And so here we are celebrating Larry Bird. I wonder if he was one of the first basketball players to kind of get into this whole in the wine game, you know, because there was that article either last year or two years ago about basketball players and how they're into wine. And I know that's a thing. Many athletes, I'm sure. But I wonder if that was a wave that started with his generation or maybe before. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know. But you're right. I mean, so many people are into one in the sports world now. And that's really spearheaded by LeBron and Dwayne Wade and so many of these guys. And Chris Paul who drink a lot of great wine. So, and Greg Popovich, I know, is a big wine drinker. Phil Jackson, I think, has been into Rustic. So anyway, it's just, it's just a fun little story for us that we wanted to share on episode 33 to honor Larry Bird, who's had a positive impact in my life and I think is one of the great guys that I've been able to meet. And I'll say nothing but great things because I believe it about Larry Bird. I mean, for any of you out there who didn't have the chance to see this Broadway play, you were actually really like him. It was right on. Well, it was very fun. It was awesome. And I, my dream is to get back to Broadway. And I don't need to be the lead. I'm happy to be a much smaller role and just celebrate that being with a you know great ensemble. But shout out to Larry Bird. I'll tell you what also you do have in common, but both very funny. Thank you. His dry. No, he's super dry. You yeah. got that down. Remember we brought... We came in and I said, Larry, we talked to your assistant. She said, you like Miller Lite and white wine. And what did he say? I like booze. I like booze. You're like, oh. It was awesome. And he, he put the wine right into the fridge, he had a little fridge next to his desk. And we had a conversation. It was great. So anyway, tonight we celebrate you, Larry Bird, episode 33, uh, with what I think is a very cool wine. I know we, I, you talked about the affordability of this wine, which we'll talk about. But let's talk about why we think so many people out there will like this line, including Larry Bird while he watches replays of himself when there's no sports on. Mm. Let me just remind you what this wine is. This is La Belle Roche Bourgogne Blanc Chardonnay from Burgundy, uh, 2017. Chardonnay. So let's do a tasting. Let's do it. Looking at the color, we have a white wine. It's a light gold in color. Very shimmery and shiny, reflecting lots of light. Definitely... Nothing unfiltered about this wine. It just looks perfectly clear. And when I swirl my glass, there they go. Mmm. They're pretty thick, the legs. And they take a quite a while to come down. This is a full-bodied wine. Alcohol is 13%. Okay, let's put our nose in. For a Chardonnay, it really jumps out of the glass as far as fruit. Meyer lemon, lime zest, maybe like a little mandarin orange, quince, white peach, super fruity. And then beyond the fruit, there's like a spearmint quality, maybe beeswax. 
and a ton of stoniness, just this like wet stones and dry stones, just stones. Let's taste it. Well, I was I had to taste that twice because I was so taken with the texture of the wine that I almost wasn't paying attention to all of the fruit notes and the other notes that we were talking about on the nose because the texture is so appealing. This is a full-bodied, dry, white wine with medium acid, I would say. Medium plus, maybe. My mouth is watering, but it's not crazy. You can definitely drink this without food. And it has those same flavors that we got on the nose. Meyer lemon, maybe some lime. It's a little more muted. It's not quite as expressive as the nose was. I feel like it's sort of lemon-lime stones. But the texture, it's so creamy up front. It's so round and rich and full, but it's not oaky at all. That's what's such a pleasure about this. It's such a beautiful way to drink Chardonnay, to really understand what the grape variety is. Like, this is what it is. This is what it can be when it's ripe and it's vibrant and it's quite aromatic for a non-aromatic grape varietal. This is a beautiful expression. And the fact that it's affordable is just Well, thank you very much. Now, Chardonnay can be insanely complex. High-end white burgundies, premier cru, grand cru, you know, even just village white burgundies from amazing producers. This isn't insanely complex, but it is absolutely delicious and delightful and so accessible. A beautiful way to enjoy a dry white wine and a Chardonnay. One thing I like about the wine, and you talked about it, like sometimes the oakiness of a Chardonnay, it, it serves like a bumper in some way, like it doesn't. It, it That's makes, a great word, actually. Yeah, it sort of like, like keeps you from moving through the wine. You know, it's just sort of slows down the process. And this has like a real pleasure factor to it to, for being, uh, you know, a Chardonnay from Burgundy. Like you said, the mouthfeel, the texture is so pleasing. and It feels like fun to drink. And because it's so affordable, it can be like in any night Burgundy. Absolutely. Like any night Burgundy yes. is like such a treat. Like it's such a pleasure. That, it, that sentence is not really real. Yeah. <laughs> we no, can true. never say that, but it is. Sometimes when you drink burgundy, dr- burgundy is just moody. You know, like there are good days to drink it. There are days when it's like not showing well, both for white burgundy and for red burgundy. And that's tough because a lot of times you really have to put down a lot of money to be able to drink good producers, even entry level for really good producers. So you have to like have some risk out there. Well, luckily with this wine, you don't. But There's also some moment of when you're drinking a higher end Burgundy or, you know, you're like, okay, well, I'm supposed to appreciate this. I'm supposed to enjoy this. And sometimes it's profound. I mean, that's when Burgundy is at its best. It is profound. But sometimes it's just you're noticing all the things and it's interesting and it's having an off day and trying to understand it. And this wine is not that. It's just pleasure. Yeah, it's great. Do we have any thoughts on the winemakers? Any comments on the winemakers? I was not able to find a ton of information. Maybe by the time I do social media, the importer will write me back and tell me all this stuff, which I already reached out to them. Such a perk to have that person on your email. But I'll tell you what I do know. Tell us what you do know. I know that it's from 30 plus year old vines grown on limestone. I know that it's from pesticide and herbicide free vineyards, which I always ask that question. And it's from Southern Burgundy. So it's probably quite close to Macon, but it's still in Burgundy. It's still in the Cote d'Or. And I know that it's fermented and aged in stainless steel, that there's not oak. 
Well, I'm glad this came up, actually, because you're a person that loves stories around wine. So this is a wine where we don't have the biggest story to tell. However, you love it and you wanted to bring it on the show tonight. What makes you love this wine so much? It's all the things we've kind of been highlighting, right? The texture, the price range, wine being fun and pleasurable from Burgundy's Rare. So that's an opportunity. I think all of that, how accessible it is to have just an accessible wine from Burgundy. And I will tell you the other thing that has influenced me on this wine is just how much our customers have loved it. I mean, I have shipped cases of this wine to people. They really, really love it. And sometimes when that happens, you're like, huh, I need to drink that wine again. You know, I mean, I bought it. I tasted it with the distributor. I liked it in the moment, but people are really grabbing onto this. Let me drink that again. It was sort of the same with that Prisma Sauvignon Blanc that we tasted. We were like, oh, I get it. I get why people are so into this wine. You know, it makes sense. And it makes me think of a nugget that you talk about a lot that I think is really important, which is when you're tasting with distributors or tasting with the makers themselves, you want to taste the wine first before you get the story. Can you elaborate on that? Because I think this is such a great nugget. I think this pertains to a lot of people in sales, even in the entertainment business, who people like myself who go on auditions sometimes. You want to talk about this? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I want always, if possible, to taste the wine first, to have just a really honest experience of what the wine is and know for sure sort of have that gut instinct what I think about the wine like will it sell do I like it is it a captivating wine then I want to hear the story if I'm hearing the story first oh it's okay you don't want to be seduced but I am seduced by the story I'll tell you that and I never want to meet the winemaker Ever, unless I already love the wine and I've been buying it for years or have bought it three weeks ago because I loved it. Okay, meet the person. Never want to meet the person before I taste the wine or taste the wine with the winemaker. I am always wooed by that person, their story, and it is awful at the end of a visit like that to say, oh, well, no, thank you. You know, just, oh. And, and then sometimes you think, wow, I really do love this. And then a year later, this Pinot Noir from New Zealand that's so expensive is sitting in your cellar and you're just like, what was I doing? I mean, it's delicious, yeah. but it's way too expensive for our customers. They don't buy it. You know, you're just not, I'm not making a decision with my head. Yeah. No, I think that's always so interesting when you talk about that because I think about that with in sales. It's like the product has to speak for itself and then we'll let the story only enhance it. You know, it's funny. I had this same conversation with Becky Wasserman, a fabulous exporter from Burgundy. Um, and when we went to her house, when we were in Burgundy to have dinner and she couldn't agree more. She's like, I just want the wine dropped off. I'll taste it. Don't ever let me meet the person unless I like it because she's the same. She's just like, wooed by people i mean probably many people are but i'm just such a sucker for those sales <laughs> well th- this is a great example of a wine where we don't know as much as we'd like to know about the winemakers but the quality of the wine really sh- stands for itself and so now we're allowed to pass the gate and, and meet the yeah. winemakers. i hope it's it wasn't made by a robot but if it was i'd like to shake his hand hello robot <laughs> Ext- you know there's extending right hand <laughs> now shake 
But it is that missing piece, so. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out. We'll put that on Instagram. So check out our Instagram uh, at the long finish. And if we don't figure it out, that'll be on there, too. <laughs> well, we'll tell you that, but also we're going to post some pictures of us when we met Larry Bird. We need to post pictures of you as of Larry me Bird. as Larry Bird, which are I'm telling you, people, you really missed it. This was... Yeah, you should have shown up. Where, where were you eight years ago when the show well, didn't run as long as it should? I mean, you were an awesome actor, but oh. I never in a million years would have guess that you would play Larry Bird and I don't think many other people would guess that either just looking at you but you nailed it hmm. I'm serious well thank you we're moving on but we are honoring Larry Bird the man from French Lick Indiana and drinking some French wines tonight and in that spirit what goes well with Chardonnays from Burgundy but specifically the wine we're drinking tonight well this is sort of a classic for me but I would just do a straight up whole roast chicken. Now, I'm trying to remember. We did that in Burgundy. Like we did that with Becky Wasserman. Yeah. So that's <laughs> part of it. But, you know, I like basic cooking and I love your mom's girlfriend, Barefoot Ina. Contessa. Ina. Ina Garten. Yep. And she has the roast chicken recipe. We'll probably put a little more butter than that. But her roast chicken recipe with this. You've nailed it. Crusty bread, salad, finish with cheese, big wheel of camembert, you're done. That's it. If you want to romance somebody after COVID, do it. Wow. <laughs> Any other um, smaller items? Like, I mean, if you don't want to go so big with the roast chicken, like. Well, I was thinking that cheese, you yeah. know, like a camembert or like a gooey, nice, yummy cheese. You, you don't even really need food for this. That's what one. I agree. Yeah, you, what because you it's not crazy acid yeah. and because that fruit is so pretty on yeah. the nose and you don't. But other than roast chicken, <laughs> Caesar salad, be great with some fish. You know, like that roasted halibut that yeah, we had like last that. week. Something really clean and fresh. Roasted summer veg on the grill. All good ideas. It's a really versatile wine. I agree. For the people that don't live in Los Angeles that can't come to Esther's, where I think we have a few bottles of this wine, how do you steer people towards their local wine stores and talking to their local wine purveyors about finding a wine similar to this wine tonight? Well, as always... And as I said before, number one, talk to someone. If you can't talk to someone, look for the importers. And this happens to be imported by Skernik. Not someone that we've talked about a lot before on the podcast, but we have featured quite a few wines that they represent. But looking for a white burgundy that's well-priced, my God, I don't know. You're probably going to get something terrible. <laughs> So I shouldn't keep that in, but like, it's impossible to find affordable white burgundy. If I didn't know about this wine in general, I would say look for Macon. M-A-C-O-N. Wines from the, the Maconet from Macon tend to have good texture or like less oaky Chardonnays that are great entry level to understand Chardonnay from Burgundy. So in general, that's what I'd go to. That's what I would order in a restaurant if it was like by the glass and I wanted Chardonnay from France that you know that was affordable I'd pick a, something from my con great well we have a few bottles of esters we do come and get it yeah and, enjoy um, we'll post this picture of the wine and the wine label on Instagram so take it to your local wine store and say hey do you have this or do you have something like this and hopefully you'll listen to the show with us or future episodes of the long finish with us and we'll drink some great Chardonnay 
All right, let's get to the last portion of the evening, which is what is inspiring us this week. Catherine, do you want to go first? Oh, yes, I'd love to go first. Is it a poem? No poem. You will not believe it. It's music. Oh, I love this. So, I don't know if I've mentioned on this podcast before that I like jazz. Yeah, maybe I've done one. I believe you've alluded to it. The fact that you've read some poems on the on the air, people are like, oh, she finally likes jazz. Nerd alert? <laughs> Anyway, um, so I like jazz, but I have discovered the Blue Note Monthly, which is a selection of their favorite tracks from their vaults from Blue Note, and they update it monthly so that you can find new artists that you love, new tracks that you love. It's so fun to listen to and discover like new people that I never heard of because I've just been listening to the same stuff over and over. I don't listen to jazz radio here because I never listen to the radio and so it's hard for me to discover new people that I like or even not that they're alive now but old school people that I would like. I just don't know how to figure that out. So this is super fun. And you know how I found this out? How? So Caleb Ganser, who is the psalm and partner in Company, which is an amazing wine bar in New York. We sometimes message each other on Instagram. We were randomly in the same food and wine article years ago. And so we, you know, have talked here and there. But anyway, he's been doing some deliveries for his wine bar and he posts like sometimes that he listens to these different soundtracks and he likes jazz and so I found it from him because he was like this boy here's what I'm listening to today and I love that so thanks Caleb love it the rare music recommendation from Catherine Weil we'll take it who's gonna take that I'll take it (laughs) it's good yeah no whenever I play jazz in the house Catherine gets so excited I'm like oh someone hears me (laughs) hey you feel seen yeah. What happens. Yeah. Don't make fun of that. No, I'm not. I'm also going to do music tonight because I think there's a couple great. Uh, well, I found an artist that I've really been listening to named Julia Jacqueline, and I really liked a lot of the music that she's put out in the past year. She had an album that came out last year called Crushing. It's an album from 2019. She's actually uh, supposed to open up for the National this summer with those tours have been suspended, obviously. But she's from Australia. She's really talented. She has an incredible cover of the Strokes song, Someday. So check that out on Spotify. And also, if you follow indie music, there is an artist called Waxahachie who had an album come out earlier this year, and the album is really fantastic. So if you have a chance to uh, check out the Waxahachie album, called Saint Cloud. She has several albums out now in the past 10 years. They're all really great. So female artists are crushing it right now. I'm discovering some now as I have some time to listen to more music, but Julia Jacqueline's album came out last year. Check those albums out. I think there's some great quarantine music. Different moods, different conversations. So check those out for yourself if you're looking for something to listen to right now. All right, that's it. Episode 33 is finished. Episode 33 is in the books. Larry Bird. The Larry Bird episode. Larry. How you doing, Larry? Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you. We're going to send you this bottle of wine. That's right. Thank you for making my life better. I really appreciate it. You're the man.
Catherine, where can they find you and the long finish on social media? You can find me at Catherine Wild Coker on Instagram and Catherine Wild Coker on Facebook. And you can find the long finish at the long finish on Instagram and the long finish on Facebook. You can find the long finish on Twitter at TLF Pod. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to the show. Thank you to those that are rating, reviewing, and subscribing to our show. If you haven't done it yet, please take an opportunity to do that. It means so much to us. And we'll be back next week with an all-new episode of the show. We've got some great things in store. Uh, Hopefully, we'll be able to execute on those and bring you some more fun. Hope you're drinking with us. Until then, have a great week. Stay safe. Practice social distancing. Be happy. Be happy. Happy drinking. Ciao.